Well, for those visiting with us this morning, um, here at Connect Church, we, uh, we like to teach through series, so we'll take three or four weeks on a particular topic, and um, we'll, we'll examine that topic, and we'll go through the scriptures and see what the Bible has to say and what Jesus taught about these different things, and last week, with it being the Sunday before Valentine's Day, we thought we'd kick off a, a four-week series all about love and marriage, and, and about uh, God's plan for, for our lives when it comes to relationships and love. So we, we've come up with this series, it's called Making Love Stick, because we really want to see love stick. We want to see marriages go well. I think all of us do. I, just this week, I was watching a video on uh, the computer, and it was a news story of a fifth grade teacher who um, had, they videoed him, some of his students had asked him questions, do you really like this teacher? We think you like this other teacher. And it was him announcing, you know, there's some rumors going around that I like Mrs. So-and-so. And this video is taking place, you can't see the kids, but you can hear them squealing in the background. He's like, well, I'm here to tell you, I do like her. And all the kids are like, ah! They're all squealing, and he goes, in fact, I like her a lot, and they're all, Wee! and then he said, in fact, I like her so much, and then he drops to one knee right there in front of all these fifth graders, and then they just lose it, they're like, ah! they're just going crazy, and she's surprised, and she had no idea it was coming, and he says, I'm going to ask her to marry me, and right there in front of his class, he asked her to marry him, and she's crying, and I'm sure the others were crying, I was crying, and I'm like, why, why do these videos get me like that? You know, I'm watching this, and it's just getting me right here, and I think part of it is because it was just very sweet in front of the kids and that, but I just think there's a part of us as well that just connects with that idea of just the beauty of that relationship and that marriage and that proposal. Because I think in the heart of every one of us, we love that idea of marriage and of true love. And the truth is that in this marriage series and this love series, that we'll all be coming at this from different places. Some of us here will be in marriages that are just going great. Some of us are in marriages here that are brand new, and some may be in marriages that have been um, going for a long, long time now. Some could be going through a difficult time. Maybe some here are even ready to throw in the towel. Maybe there are some of you here this morning that you're hoping one day to be married. Maybe you're here and you're hoping that this marriage will be better than the last one. But wherever you find yourself, I believe that God has a message for all of us this morning. Wherever you find yourself in that spectrum this morning, I believe God has a message for all of us in this series. Because I think that God thinks that marriage is a wonderful thing. In fact, Jesus himself was being challenged one day by the Pharisees. They were, they were confronting him and they were talking all about the idea of marriage and divorce and they were looking back to the law that Moses had put in place and the Old Testament law that they tried so hard to follow and they tried so hard to govern as Pharisees. And they were kind of putting Jesus on the test because Jesus was teaching this message of grace and forgiveness and love. And they were like, yeah, but you know, when it comes to marriage, what do you think about this whole idea of divorce? And before even Jesus starts to talk about it, he says, whoa, 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 before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of this and the, you know, whether it means this or this, let me tell you something. And listen to what Jesus says. He says in um, Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6, he says, Haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. 
Because since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Jesus is saying, listen, before we start talking about the, uh, the, 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 the law here and when it's right and when it's not right, and when it's, uh, let's not forget what God's plan has always been from the beginning. That there will come a time where, where we will leave our family and we'll become united to a new spouse. And that God's plan from the very beginning was for that to be permanent. Now, I know things happen in life, and, and God loves us. And actually, Jesus, it's amazing. He brings this grace and this love and this forgiveness. But at the same time, he still says, but listen, this is what God's original plan was for marriage. So this morning, I want to talk about that whole idea of marriage. And, and, and what's it going to take for us to make love stick? That's kind of the theme throughout this series, and we're going to look at it from different angles. And this morning, last week, if you were here, we talked about you know, one of the big problems in marriage, and I had a big capital letter I that was here on the stage, and I said, one of the biggest problems in marriage is I. I want this. I want this. And, and we learned last week that actually, when Paul was teaching about love, he says, you know, it was, it was submitting to one another. One of the keys to a successful relationship isn't building everything around what I want, but it's looking for the desires of our spouse. And as one spouse serves another and the other spouse serves, so we actually illustrate what Jesus himself did and he, how he served us by giving up his life for us. This week, we've, we've talked about the problem with the eye. This week, I want to talk about the conflict that very often occurs in our marriage. Now, I know that, you know, for some of you here this morning, you're like, well, Dave, I don't need to hear that. We never argue or fight. We're just doing great. So for those of you here this morning who never argue or fight, I've got a little video clip I want to show you, just to show you what it looks like when couples do fight. So check this out. That's not how you fold the towels. It doesn't matter how you fold a towel. It does matter how you fold a towel. If you want it to fit in the closet, you have to roll it. This goes on here. It takes two seconds. Well, then the next person who comes in will do it. That's not the point. Seriously, six more inches and it's in the sink. The toilet paper goes over. It's printed that way so you can see it. No, the toilet paper goes under so that the cats don't get at it. That makes no sense. What do you want to get for dinner? I don't really care. Then just pick something. You choose. Told you. Shut up. I don't see why I have to put the utensils face down. Because when they're sticking up like that, if someone trips and falls, they're going to impale themselves and die. That's literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm not playing this game where I list every single thing and you shoot it all down. I'm not doing this again. Well, then I don't know what to tell you. Oh my gosh, watch this. This is the best line. Did you watch this without me? You weren't home! Anything will be fine. It's fine. food. Fine. All right, we're going to get pizza. Anything but pizza. What do you want to eat? Why am I going to put them away? I'm wearing them tomorrow morning. I don't care if you're wearing them tomorrow morning. I don't want them just sitting by my side of the bed all night. Why do you do this? You squeeze from the bottom. The next person doesn't have to squeeze then. It's toothpaste. It's not like it's hard to squeeze it from a new area on the tube. Why are we fighting about this? Why are we fighting about this? I, why are we fighting about this? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made you make the decision. With that being said, I think your original call of pizza is fine. 
just no pepperoni. I'm going to murder you, and when the pizza guy gets here, he's going to help me bury your body, and then we are going to get married. No, he won't, because he'll probably be like, yeah, I feel you, bro. That was for all of you, because you never deal with that stuff, right? I see husbands and wives elbowing each other there. I showed this video to Casey last night, and as she's watching it, she's like, one, two, three. You are four for four so far. Like, we are only four in, and that's you. <laughs> so this morning, the title of my message is Fight Fair. Fight Fair. What does it look like to deal with conflicts in our relationships? Because the reality is that conflicts will come. Okay, I want to put your minds at ease right now. Conflict will come in a relationship. A pastor by the name of Rick Warren, he explained it this way. He said, marriage doesn't solve your problems. Marriage does not create your problems. Marriage simply reveals your problems. And as these problems are revealed, conflict will become inevitable. Now, understand this this morning. Conflict isn't a bad thing. In fact, psychologists and counselors, they'll tell you that conflict in marriage is not only normal, it's actually desirable. It's desirable because the chances are that if there's a marriage that doesn't have any conflict, it's not a healthy marriage. So in actual fact, conflict in a marriage is a healthy marriage. Some of you are like, yes, we have got a really healthy marriage then. But it's true, you see, as we grow closer in intimacy and love, there are going to be times when our views and our choices and our behaviors, they're going to clash with our spouse. Did you know that research has shown that there are, there are four topics, four topics that lead to 70% of conflicts in our marriage? These four things kind of handle nearly every aspect of every marriage, 70%. They are these, in-laws, 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 and in-laws. No, I'm just kidding. In-laws, they are in there. Money, sex, and children. So if you're married this morning, would you agree that most of your conflict centers around one or several of these topics? So if you're arguing about these things this morning, you're not alone. 70% of people are arguing about this. Now, I did realize as I kind of made the in-laws joke that of all days to do it on baby dedication, there are families surrounded by their in-laws. So obviously, that doesn't apply to you guys. You all get along great, and there's no conflict there at all, I'm sure. Just made things very awkward for some of you. But you see, here's the situation when it comes to conflict in marriages. It's going to be bad news, okay? I learned this week as I was studying and preparing this message that over 50% of these conflicts will never be resolved. Will never be perfectly resolved. Because most of the time, you're not fighting over something that's, that's factual. You're not saying, well, well, this sweatshirt is green. No, this sweatshirt's brown. Which is actually an argument Casey and I did have last week. Uh, and it was brown. But um, well, it was green, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> These aren't like two and two is four. No, I think it's five. It's not that kind of argument. These, the, the conflict that we get into in, in, in marriages is based on our upbringing, on our opinions, on the way that we see the world. And we're always going to see things a little bit differently than our spouse. And sometimes they will bring up conflict in our relationship. So while psychologists and counselors say this isn't a bad thing... It can be a bad thing if it's not dealt with correctly. So this morning, I want to give you a couple of hints, a couple of tips on maybe how you can learn to fight fair, how you can learn to take what the scriptures teach us about relationships and apply them in your marriage. 
so that you're not trying to get the conflicts out of your relationships. You're just trying to learn as a follower of Jesus this morning, how do I deal with these conflicts? How do we, when we don't see eye to eye on a situation, maybe one of those four things pops up in our conversation. How do we resolve this? How do we talk this through without it destroying us as a couple? You see, we don't need to resolve conflict in order to have a great relationship, but we do need to learn to love one another as we navigate through conflict together. So how do we learn to love one another as we navigate through conflict together? Well, I want to give you three ideas this morning. The first this morning that I want to kind of talk about a little bit is this. Know your enemy. Know your enemy. Some of you are like, oh, Dave, I'm there. I know my enemy. I can tell you exactly what she's like. <laughs> yeah, you want to know what my enemy He is lazy. He leaves his stuff laying on the floor. Oh, I know my enemy. <laughs> well, that's the problem right there. Your spouse is not the enemy. Here's what I mean when I say, know your enemy. Jesus was speaking one day and he said this. He said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, an abundant life. Jesus was saying there is an enemy out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. When it comes to your relationship and your marriage, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Your spouse is not the enemy. We need to understand that we have this enemy. He's in the midst of ongoing conflict. And if we're not careful, we can kind of divert our attention to our spouse, whereas in actual fact, it is the enemy that Jesus is talking about there. In preparing for this message, I came across some great advice of... Um, how you can deal with conflict, how as couples, when you're going through relational issues, when you're going through conflict, just some real simple advice when it comes to knowing your enemy. This guy was writing this article and he said that when it comes to conflict between you and your spouse, sit on the couch with the problem in front of you rather than between you. Because the very, very physical act of sitting together on the couch, side by side, addressing the problem that's in front of you instead of between you, makes all the difference. Because now it's not you two facing each other, fighting with each other, seeing the enemy in each other. It's you two sat together recognizing that this problem in our relationship right now, that's the enemy. And together... As a loving couple, we're going to fight this enemy together. We're going to figure out how we can resolve this issue because that's the enemy. You are not the enemy. Paul, in a letter he writes to the church in Ephesus, he says it this way. He says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I believe this with all of my heart. Let me tell you something this morning. If you are here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, if you are here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus and you're married and Jesus is a part of your relationship, our enemy does not want you to have an awesome marriage. He doesn't want your children growing up in a home with a mom and a dad who, who love each other with everything they've got. He doesn't want marriages with two people who can't wait to have sex that is awesome and fun and often. Our enemy doesn't want the outside world to notice how attractive a marriage can be with two people who are fully committed to Jesus and fully committed to one another. 
And why is that? Because marriages with two people who are totally in love and committed to dealing with conflict in a way that honors each other and actually honors God, that kind of relationship, I believe, will help more people find their way back to God will help more people discover Jesus for themselves because they will look on and say, I want that kind of relationship. I want that kind of relationship with God and I want that kind of relationship with my spouse. So the enemy will do everything in his power to make sure that conflict rips your marriage apart. So the first thing this morning I would challenge all of us, especially those of us who are couples this morning, who love Jesus, know your enemy. There is a real enemy who wants to divide your relationship, divide your marriage, because he knows there is so much at stake because a strong, healthy marriage will make an eternal difference in the life of your family and your friends. All right, here's the second thing. The first is know your enemy. The second is you need to build a wall. Okay, we're going to build a wall. Here at Connect, we are going to build a wall. And we're going to make Crossroads pay for that wall. (laughs) Sorry, just that phrase. (laughs) So here's what I mean by build a wall. Because normally when you're talking about counseling of relationships and couples, normally you're talking about walls as a bad thing, okay? Walls are those things that sometimes we build up between us and our spouse and uh, they can be kind of separating. But I want to talk about a different kind of wall. I want to talk about a wall that surrounds your family. A wall that surrounds your relationship, that surrounds you as a couple. A wall of protection, a wall of safety. A foundational wall. Because I tell you what, for Case and I, we love being the the pastors here at Connect Church. And we love everything that we get to do. And one of the things we get to do on a kind of regular basis is meet with couples who are maybe struggling in their marriage or having a tough time. We get to meet with them and pray with them and talk with them. Sometimes we'll direct them towards counselors. But very often we'll find that as we're talking about their relationship and the, the wall of their relationship, it becomes clear that the wall is in a state of disrepair. There are bricks missing, it's, it's very shaky, the foundation doesn't look good. So we find that we're kind of repairing a very damaged wall. Well, we've decided here at Connect that uh, rather than keep investing into repairing broken walls, why not concentrate a little bit harder on building stronger walls in the first place? Building a stronger wall around married couples so that that wall will protect those couples from any harm and any danger before it even comes along. So one of the ways we're going to do that is through something that I hinted at last week, but I'm going to tell you more about this morning. That's a brand new strategy that we're going to develop in 2017 for married people here at Connect. And to help you learn more about that this morning, I've invited a few people up onto the stage so you guys can kind of make your way uh, this way now if you would. So uh, Alicia Bambrick is coming up and then Scott and Abby Strubar. And as they come and join me on the stage, why don't we give them a little round of applause here as they come. You guys can grab a stool. Good to see you all. Here comes Alicia too. So just as they're coming up onto the stage, uh, many of you will know, well done. (laughs) I get scared doing that on a Sunday morning. Scared too. Yeah. Um, So Alicia, as many of you know, she oversees our um, K through five area with Connect Kids. 
But as we moved into 2017, we were talking about this idea of married people and uh, the organization that we've partnered with for all of our kids' curriculum. Uh, they have student curriculum for our youth group, and they even have uh, this strategy for married couples. So we were talking, we're like, you know, we need to introduce this here at Connect. So Alicia, tell us a little bit more about this married people program. Okay. I have my cheat sheet. It was either that or write it on my arm. So I went with my, my cheat sheet. So married people is a proactive strategy, meaning we don't want to wait for couples to get into crisis before we're doing something for couples. So it's proactive. We want to get you guys uh, connecting with one another, connecting with other couples, affirming one another, and honestly, just having fun together. So with this strategy, we will have various environments, and uh, in those environments, you will do just that. You will have times just to hang out and have fun, affirm one another. It will not be a bashing time of, yep, you did that. Nope, I didn't say that. Nope, it won't be that at all. Uh, it'll be a time for couples just to connect. And there are four core habits that everything we do with married people will reinforce. And this is them. Have serious fun. And we know everybody likes to have fun. Respect and love one another. Love God first and practice your promise. So we're not trying to create cookie-cutter marriages where we all look the same. We're trying to create environments where you as a couple find out what your best us is. And that is what married people is. All right. So you'll hear more about this as the weeks come on, but Alicia was already, you know, doing a lot with uh, the K through five, so uh, we talked about how she's going to need to kind of build a team up to help her, so there's several couples who kind of jumped on board and said, yeah, we want to be a part of this, and we want to help you in different ways. Scott and Abby uh, were one of those couples, so I want to ask the pair of you if you could just tell us why did you say yes when you were asked? <laughs> I always have the perfect answer until I get a microphone. So, um, I'm just going to be real honest. I'm not known as Mr. Intentional at home, um, which I'm glad I get to go first. So I call myself out nice. instead of her. Um, you know, quite frankly, it's hard to find encouragement, I think, um, for a lot of married couples to make time for each other instead of all the other things that we're consumed mm -hmm. by. So mm -hmm. sports schedules. Um, we've got three kids who aren't volunteering to go to bed super early so we can spend time together. Um, my employer is great, but they don't necessarily care about my marriage either. And so... Um, as you mentioned, for a church to be proactive and provide that source of encouragement, um, I, it's just something I think would be really exciting to be part of. Brilliant. I think, too, um, when we were first asked to be on the committee, both of us were, like, a little hesitant because we're like, uh, like, our marriage probably isn't necessarily, like, the best example to set for everybody, but we have, like, the same struggles that Dave was talking about with conflict and everything that, and I think... Part of why we decided to come on board and help with it is we see the importance of being intentional to, like I love the aspect of fun, that that's a big, a big piece of it because I feel like when we are in a big rut, one of the things that we're forgetting to do is to stop and have serious fun together. And that's one of the things that we first fell in love with each other for, you know? Um, and I think, too, it, it aligns a lot with why we chose Connect as our church because we loved how much they poured into our children and how much they loved coming to church and just the family and, like, supporting us to help our kids throughout the week and do um, devotions with them and stuff. And I think this is just another aspect of it because almost as, you know, probably second to teaching them about a relationship with Jesus is modeling for them what a healthy, happy marriage looks like. Um, yeah. And I think, too, we have learned that 
having a thriving marriage God's way is very, very opposite of the world's way. And it took us 11 years of marriage, I feel like, to really realize that. So if we can have help with people in the church and um, other couples to join in with us that also believe that, um, it helps us to reinforce that message because we surely aren't getting that reinforcement from what the world tells us about what marriage should look like. Perfect. Stay here a second. I'm going to show a video of an, just to kind of promote an event that's coming up. And then, Alicia, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about the date night. So let's check out this uh, date night promo. This is not us. Good. Here you go. Two. Come on. Okay. Nope. This is not us. Okay, why don't you try the dip? Very elegant and nice. Guys! This, this is, is not us. This is us. Date night. It's easier than you think. Become your best us. So this Friday night, we are organizing a date night, and Alicia's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is actually called a drive-by date night, and we have sign-ups out in um, the foyer by the Connect Point table. And a drive-by date night is just that. You will drive to our new building, Connect Point, and someone will bring out to you a bag, and in that bag will be a little plan for you. And honestly, it's conversational. It's not going to tell you, you know, everything you have to do, but it's conversational. It's going to encourage you to talk about things that probably on your own, you're not just going to talk about. And um, Mike and I have been married many, many years. And jokingly, he said to me this morning, make sure you tell them all we have a perfect marriage. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you know better than that. But um, sometimes we find ourselves in the busyness of our lives, sitting across from each other alone, you know, eating and just almost blank stare because it's just a moment when we're trying to, you know, uh, relax a little bit or whatever. And we lose sight of having conversation beyond, are you going to that game? Am I taking her in the morning? What are you doing after work? We need groceries. You know, sometimes we lose sight of how to have the conversations beyond that. So that's what I'll have in it. And there'll be coupons for restaurants that you can go to. And it's just taking time as a couple to connect together. And um, it's so important. So sign up for that. If you can't go Friday night because you have plans, but you want the date night, sign up. Let us know. We'll keep a bag or get a bag to you. Go Saturday night. Go Monday night. It's not important that night. It's just important that you do it and start developing and affirming one another. Keep developing your relationship. So our first event for married people is a drive-by date night. And if the line's long in the foyer, you can sign up on the app and skip the line altogether. And by signing up, that's just... You can do that right now. It's on yes, the app. yeah. While I'm talking. Um, 
Yep. Because I know you're really looking at the Bible. Every time I see the phone go on, I'm like, I'm sure they're reading the Bible on their phone right now. Um, the reason we're asking you to sign up so we can get your name and email and we can send you more info about the date night and then upcoming events as well. So but would you thank Scott and Abby and Alicia for joining us on the stage this morning? And they did great. I asked them, I told them the question I was going to ask, but I didn't tell them how to answer it. So I loved both their answers. They were fantastic. And they, know, they actually hit upon something, uh, unbeknownst to them, that's really the, the whole foundation of why we're doing this as a strategy here at Connect. It was the, you know, it's not that we don't desire to invest into our marriage and spend that quality time together. We're just so busy, you know, with kids' activities and work and all these different things. Where sometimes we feel like ships that pass in the night. So what this new strategy, this new ministry here at Connect is going to do is it's actually going to force you to get some time on the calendar. This date night on Friday night, we'll just say, hey, listen, let's make this a priority. And then you and your spouse, you can go out, you can have a meal together, kind of look through some of these questions, get into this conversation. But it's that intentionality of that quality time together. You know, one uh, final thought here. So when it comes to dealing with conflict in your marriage, you need to know your enemy and know who isn't your enemy. We want to help you build that wall of protection in your marriage instead of having to repair the wall when it's too late. But here's a third thing I want to challenge you here with this morning as you leave, and that's look out for the warning signs. Look out for the warning signs. It's one thing to learn how to deal with conflict and to learn to fight fair, but for some of us this morning, it may not be that simple. Because conflict can be anything, can't it, from not loading the dishwasher correctly right through to some serious major problems in our relationships. I remember um, Case and I were with a friend, with a couple once, and... Um, we were talking, and they were, we were talking about, you know, how we get into arguments. They're like, oh, we do too, and as we carried on talking, and, and the guy says, yeah, he goes, you know how sounds like when your wife gets really mad, and she's like throwing plates, and they're smashing on the wall behind you? And we're like, no. <laughs> so maybe, you know, there's levels of conflicts that uh, it, it's time to maybe reach out for some help. There's a... There's a, a very famous relational coach, um, psychologist, counselor, his name is Dr. Gottman. I've been reading a lot of his stuff over the last few weeks preparing for this series. And he talks about what he calls the four horsemen. The four horsemen, because if these show up um, by themselves on a regular basis or, or together, they can be very detrimental to your marriage. They are these. The first is there's criticizing. Criticizing. He explains there's a difference between complaining and criticizing. Complaining is, um, you know, when you said that morning, hey, don't forget to uh, pack the dishwasher and you get home that night and, and your spouse forgot. You can say, honey, I said don't forget. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. That's, that's complaining. Criticizing is like, I knew you would forget. You always forget. You're useless. You never do anything right. That's, that's criticizing. When that starts to creep into your marriage on a regular basis, you could be in trouble. There's contempt. Criticizing often leads to contempt. Contempt. Contempt is that just that place you come to in your relationship where you're like, you start to realize, I just, I just don't like who I see in you. I don't like what I see in you anymore. That very often moves on to defensiveness. When we'll meet with couples, quite often we'll see that crop up, just that defensiveness. Well, if he would do this more and if she would do this more and, and that point of the finger and, and very defensive, this isn't my fault, this is, this is their fault. And then the final one that Dr. Gottman talks about is this idea of stonewalling. And stonewalling is just that idea where you just kind of just check out. You're like, you know what? I, I'm done. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want to get engaged anymore. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. And 
And when he talks about these four areas, he says, in and of themselves, um, none of them alone are problematic. But he said, if you start to see more than one of these happen on a regular basis in your relationship, it may be time to reach out for help. And as your church family this morning, I want to tell you, it's never too late to ask for help. It's never too late to ask for help. We have a God who is desiring to help you in your relationship. But the very first place you can go to is say, God, we need your help. We want you to be a part of our marriage. We want you to help us with these conflicts. These conflicts have got us to a place that we never wanted to be. God, would you help us? Maybe it's reaching out to a small group leader or to uh, one of the leaders here at Connect. And if we can't help, maybe we'll connect you with a counselor who we would recommend to say, you know, maybe this is a conversation you need to have. But we want to see marriages succeed. We want to see marriages work. I love that this morning I got to pray for wonderful babies and dedicate them this morning. And I know that every one of the parents here this morning wants to see those kids grow up in wonderful, loving homes. But the reality is conflict will come. So we need to be intentional. We need to decide now, how am I going to deal with that conflict when it comes? Because I want that conflict to help us grow and mature as a couple, get stronger in our love for one another and our love for one for God. What I don't want is for that conflict to become like a wedge that drives deeper and deeper until it pushes us apart. So let's pray together this morning, shall we, as we close out the service. Father, As I spoke earlier at the beginning of the service, when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he, he quoted you in saying that you created marriage. This was your plan from the beginning. It's a wonderful plan. It's a, it's a, a demonstration of your love. We talked about this last Sunday, that your love is shown to the world around as we love one another unconditionally. And I believe the enemy hates that and does whatever he can to drive couples apart. So this morning, Lord, I pray for every couple here. I pray for those that are doing great, that they would uh, never just sit back and relax, but would constantly lean into you and ask for your help and protection in their marriage. I pray for those who are struggling, that they would have those conversations, that they would be willing to invest into their relationships. I pray for those right now, Lord, who are yet to be married. Lord, I pray they would start to think through and pray through now who um, their spouse will be and who they will be to that spouse. I pray for those here this morning, Lord, who maybe um, have been through a marriage already, maybe more than one. Lord, I pray they wouldn't feel any guilt or shame through this series, but would just have a fresh commitment moving forward saying, I don't want next time to be the last time. Help me to learn, God, who I am. Help me to learn from what happened before so that I can do uh, what you would have me do the next time. But help us, I pray, Lord. We want to make love stick. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.